0: Welcome to Building Better Businesses in ABA Podcast. Learn firsthand from business owners who built successful ABA businesses. Utilize proven techniques and strategies to help your practice thrive. This is Building Better Businesses in ABA Podcast with Jonathan Mueller.
1: Will is the co-founder and co-CEO of Ascend Behavior Partners and Element RCM. He spent his entire career in healthcare, first as a medical device engineer, then in healthcare services, and for the last seven years in autism. He's my business partner and an exceptionally smart, values-aligned, and strategic thinker. And he's my unofficial therapist. So, Will, welcome to the pod. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, so, Jonathan. man, I yeah. Oh, what first before we get started. Um, did I see some purple on your nails? I'm digging those nails.
1: Oh, <laughs> dude, guilty is charged, guilty is charged. So for all of the uh, uh, YouTube, people watching YouTube out there, uh, I have a purple, a layer of purple with a glittery sparkle on top of it. I've got two daughters at home, a six and an eight year old, and one painted the left hand and one painted the right hand and- Nice, um, some daddy-daughter yeah. time, I love it. guilty. I love <laughs> it. Does right. your daughter paint your nails?
0: <laughs> she does sometimes um and uh yeah it's fun um i try to roll with it right. nice work no, man. nice work I'm uh, impressed.
1: well uh, thank you well. i uh you know I'm, I'm super stoked for this conversation um you know uh and and i want to start let, let's go back sort of a four-year autism services experience um but you worked at devita uh and devita is a fortune 500 kidney dialysis provider um, and, uh, and I'm really interested in what you learned at DeVita that translated to autism services.
0: Absolutely. You know, we, we, you hear me talk about lessons that I learned and observations from, um, that really well run organization. You know, um, for me, a lot goes back to my mentor when I first joined DeVita, she, she was a um, senior director of our region overseeing dialysis centers. Her name was Jan Sheets and she she was um, a very experienced nurse and she had gone back to school to get her MBA and learn business terminology and operations. And she said on the very first day that I started at a center, if you care for your caregivers, they will care for your patients. And that has always stuck with me um, as an axiom in healthcare, um, that w- without without your caregivers, your providers, um, you're really nothing. And so um, I, I know that when we started Ascend, um, one of our pillars was having our caregivers, our RBTs and BCBAs, um, at the forefront of our minds when it came to designing Everything in the organization, you know, everything from policies to our systems to how we communicate, because that's really um, the most important thing is that touch point from the the RBT to the child, or that conversation from a BCBA to a parent, and so that's something that I really appreciated, and folks like Jan and many others at Davita really embraced. Um, another thing too mm. was culture. Um, so cult, you know, Davita is known. From the outside as having a quirky culture but man like if you um if it's for you it's 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 like home and um and that's what it was for me um and even to this day i can recite um core values and and um other sayings that um i i didn't even like intentionally uh work hard to learn or memorize but after being you know in that environment and just seeing them uh, spoken every day, um, seeing them visually hearing them. Um, it just became ingrained in me. So, um, so I thought that was really well done and it doesn't happen by accident. You know, it happens with intention. And, and I try to be a student with that, um, every day here to send an element.
1: Mm. Yeah. I remember reading a case study, uh, about Kent theory, uh, Davida's CEO, who, gosh, it was around early two thousands, I think, took over, and uh, and he had, as you described, it was an intention around the culture and how values um, were diffused throughout the culture and how they lived them. And it was like it's it, 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 no silver bullets here, as we know, with culture, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's little things. Like um, they had expressions like "all for one" and "one for all," and people there was a call and a response, right? Where mm-hmm. at the end of a, a you know the the initial training um, that everyone at Davida went through as I understand it, they would like cross, literally walk across this bridge and they'd accept the challenge, say, I'm choosing DeVita. I mean, it's it felt like those kinds of things um, that, that made it such a strong, cohesive culture.
0: Yeah, you know, th- that that's right. Um, at the time when I joined, DeVita was um, growing between 50,000 and 60,000 employees nationwide. And um, the majority of the employees were, um, were the equivalent of... Um, uh, registered behavior technicians um, they were they were technicians that that did the the majority of the day-to-day patient care when patients came into dialysis centers to get their treatment and so um and they were overseen by uh by by renal nurses um nurses that specialized in working with dialysis patients very much like our BCDA's oversee um, uh, our RBTs. and um how do you make it so that each of those RBTs, whether they're in you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, or in California or Florida, um, are delivering the, um, the same excellent level of care and service to patients. And how, how do you make it possible so that um, a center can, can feel the same way, you know, whether you, you show up you know, in, in one in Washington State or you know, one in, in Maine? Um, and that's that's really where the magic of culture comes in. There, there's no substitution for culture when it comes to you know processes or or you know dictating you know people how to act. The culture really resulted in in, in the discretionary effort that people put into their um, their day to day work. And I thought that was really special. And you're right, there's no shortcut. Um, it took by the time I joined, uh, Ken Theory had been um, doing that for ten years. And, you know, as he would say, it still wasn't perfect, but we're not done yet. And, um, and I really appreciated that, um, that groundedness and that transparency.
1: Mm. I, I hear that expression from you all the time. We're not perfect, but we're not done yet. And, but this is the first time I've realized that came from Kent Theory. So, Will, you've like pulled the veil back. Oh, my gosh. All right. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll give him credit going forward. Absolutely. One other thing you mentioned is interesting. Your, your supervisor um, Jan, um, who had such a profound impact on you, and to be clear, you're like you're not a clinician. You all out you, but you know you went to Stanford GSB, Graduate School of Business, which is like the premier business school in the country. Um, I, I refer to you all and your uh, ilk uh, as the Stanford Mafia. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but she was a, she was a nurse who then went back and got her MBA, and many of our listeners. Are BCBA's thinking about starting their own practice, and and thinking maybe even about getting a master's in OBM or in, or an MBA. How how important do you think the MBA was to to Jan's um, ability to lead and be a great supervisor? Wow, that's a
0: that's an interesting you know question. You know, um, Jan Jan was a really special person, uh, you know, to me and 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 just in in terms of her heart and. And um, she didn't need an MBA in order to 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 be Jan and to to do what she did. You know, for her, um, the you know she was a lifelong learner. Um, and and you know, when 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 I had the privilege of of getting to work with her, you know, she was um, nearing um, the retirement and and um, and uh, but it, but she was always constantly wanting to improve. And I see that, and I hear that with a lot of the BCBAs that we get to talk to, who um, have an itch to scratch of starting mm-hmm. their own um, agency, and, and and often the the business questions come up about about well, I don't I don't I don't know about finance, I don't know how to start a business, and um, it's all about um, I think what the most important thing is 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 the intentionality of knowing why you're there and and um, what you're looking to get out of your learning experience. And so I think um, MBA programs, whether they're part-time or um, like accelerated executive programs, um, offer a tremendous opportunity to, um, to learn um, new skills that can be used to run a business. And I think what's really neat is when somebody does those programs and has a particular goal in mind, then the context is, um, is 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 super relevant every single day. Instead of just doing book learning, you're thinking, oh, how can I, how, you know, what's what's my um, budget going to look like for for my for my center? Um, how am I going to, you know, design the culture not just for a random case study, but for the for my team that I'm going to employ, um, and, uh, and and that's really cool. So um, I, I highly encourage it, but it's not the only path. I think another um, another really a, a successful strategy is um, knowing what you're good at, good at, and and doubling down on that, and then partnering with somebody who can provide those skills that you might not have, because learning those business skills like aren't for, isn't for everybody. And um, you know, I very much believe in the soar with your strengths uh, idea and mm-hmm. philosophy. And so, um, and so, rather than trying to learn something that's going to be as i like to say holding your nose while while you do it um find somebody that you trust that matches your values um that has high integrity um because you are going to uh uh because you know together it'll in the best scenario it's a 1 plus 1 equals 3 um kind of thing which i like to say and um and I, I a lot how our partnership has been where you know we we have um overlap um so we have a lot of a lot of things in common and um, and that and and we get each other. But then we also have enough um, complementary skills where you know together we 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 can do a
1: lot together. Mm, so this is a really, really important point. And by the way, I love the idea of like the whole is um, you know greater than the sum of the parts. Um, I mean, you and I have literally been attached at the hip for what, four and a half years now. I mean, some weeks, honestly, I spend more time with you, will, than I do with with my wife, and my kids. Um, and, and, and we're in this unique co-CEO model that works really well for us at Ascend and at Element. But it's not for everyone, right? And so I think, um, what, what advice would you have for someone who's considering maybe bringing on a partner um, and considering a co-CEO or co-director role?
0: I'd say, first, understand the reasons why. Um, so th- uh, it, it, it's good to have that. Um, you, wh- whether it was a co ceo arrangement or even just a traditional arrangement, um, not taking for granted the, um, not taking anything for granted. And I think just starting from scratch and having frank conversations about roles and preferences, I think is uh, a, a really good first step. And just like couples, no two situations are alike. So um, you need to have IOA first on, um, on, 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 on all the important details and, and you know uh, in uh, in the um, counseling world there's this um, idea of um, uh, that's based on empathy of understanding the inner workings of your partner and um, and and it's a way of understanding you know how they interpret information and how they perceive the world and, and make decisions and I think those are the most important conversations to dig yeah. into and then and then the, the 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 role titles and the structure I think that follows um, for us um, we were peers working together um, before before we started Ascend and um, uh, you know we were looking to um, we, we, we were questioning um, everything at the beginning not taking anything for granted wanting to be innovative and what did we see when we um, looked at Co CEO um, models out there we saw some really tremendous partnerships, some organizations that we um, were really impressed with that embodied culture um, and mission and values. And um, it was, uh, uh, they had leaders who could do what they did best and, and, and focus on that in the organization. And, um, and I think in many ways that encouraged a lot of collaboration elsewhere in the organization. Mm. And so, uh, um, so that worked for us. And, and I have been really pleased with it. I, I hope you've been pleased with it. If uh, I'm open to feedback, we're, if you uh, <laughs> feel otherwise,
1: we're, we're we're four and a half years in, and it's been extraordinary. And one of the things I've really appreciated about you, and and I think this is critical for anyone considering a partnership, is um, in addition to you know really having those frank conversations up front and um, trying to understand one another, this is a continuous effort of getting to know one another and how you can best work together. And so, you know, I know last year we we both did the predictive index and that's something we rolled out across uh, Ascend to, you know, better pinpoint the behaviors and um, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, of of different roles in the organization, including the co-CEO role. And then, uh, you know, we have we've had a longtime business advisor, an extraordinary individual Ward Hendon, in, who's helped mm-hmm. to be, uh, not a counselor or coach in the traditional sense of the word, he's just a wise dude, but he's helped facilitate conversations. And then most recently we've done, we've really dived deep into the DISC, um, you know, the DISC profiles. And you know, something I, I took away from that was, hey, you gotta let Will be Will, or let Jonathan be Jonathan. And so now we'll be in a meeting and we'll say something like that. And we can mm-hmm. chuckle and have a kick out of it, but it's so true. So mm-hmm. I don't know, that that idea of continuous learning and improvement, has to be core to the partnership a partnership is not a static place just like an organization is not a static place
0: absolutely you know one thing i appreciate about you is um i can i can tell um after we've done activities with the predictive index or with the disc uh i've noticed um, changes in how you'll interact with me and um i've 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 tried to you know recognize it um, in the spirit of good feedback and reinforcement so, I just want to reiterate my thank you to you for that, but I, I remember the other day something came up, and um you know, maybe in the past it would have been something that we wouldn't have surfaced but um and I can't even remember what it was. it was something around communication and and remember um, uh, it between us it was comfortable to say, "Hey, you know what um when you do that thing, it kind of like irritates me, but you know what um that's you, like you do you. And um, I, I value the, that, that, that we are not the same and that we do things differently. And, um, and, and, I'm, and, and I'm willing to um, accept that more than my feeling of like, oh, like uh, I, 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 uh, I, I wouldn't do it that way if it were me. And that's what I think makes for good partnership and, and just good teams, but it's hard. Um, it, 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 I'd say that it, it worked once we gave it the time and space and attention that um, mm-hmm. that it needed. And I know both of us, um, you know, tend to be fast-paced and, and impatient. But when we gave it the the time and space it needed, it really was magic.
1: Mm. I, I remember that exactly. It was, uh, you know, when you've got a, an email to a group and there are a few people responding to it. I will almost always, when I res- before I respond, I will change the subject right. line so <laughs> that it's so that so that it actually like calls out a topic or like a point I want to make in it. Which is I don't know I, I have no idea where I got that advice many years ago, but I've done it. But I appreciate how that all of a sudden takes the thread that advice, like home. out and you can't follow it. Someone did so you know. We're gonna have, I have some more counseling around that. that I, um, I, I want to come no back judgment, uh, no to Davida for a moment. Yeah, Thank you, Will. Thank you. Also important to a good partnership. Um, Coming back to uh, DaVita, value-based care is growing to be a hot topic in the ABA field. And um, and in fact, I'll go so far as to say in a very unscientific survey, um, uh, actually, there was zero science involved, but I would say four years ago, four and a half years ago when we started Ascend, maybe one or two out of 10 people I'd speak with in the field um were aware of uh value-based care and now i'd say it's at least six or seven out of ten at least have some type of understanding so this is a hot topic and i want to ask at davida what did you learn about the transition to value-based care and particularly the challenges sure i love this topic so
0: i'm going to do my best to keep my my answer short and if you want to ask me follow-up questions um by all means (laughs) so um i I think one of the most important things and you have heard me you know say this before uh, is value-based care takes a different mindset than fee-for-service um and that that's at every level of an organization Um, that's for providers that are used to doing things in a certain way usually siloed because that's what their training was and that's the environment they've always operated in. and for organizations um, that are used to doing things certain ways with budgeting, with their metrics, with what they define as success, and, and, and then also with the incentive structures. You know, what, what are people naturally incentivized to do? Mm-hmm. And um, if, you, if you are an organization that has fee-for-service down to a science, you know, like literally down to a penny, you know, budgeting, um, supplies, and labor, it's gonna be really hard to transition to value-based care, because value-based care, um, re, you know, it's like oil and water with um, with 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 the fee-for-service structure. You know, it, it really necessitates um, uh, um, a completely different way that patients are um, managed clinically, of how providers um, interact with each other, of how. Um, um, outcomes are measured and the financial metrics that are that are tracked. and what's what's fascinating to me is it's actually um uh it's it's almost like um speaking um a different um like dialect you know where i could be speaking english mm. and i could be speaking you know to an english speaker from you know uh say um a country in the uk with a really strong you know dialect mm. and i might not understand a word they're saying until I've had enough time to bridge the gaps, and then I can um, start to understand mm-hmm. and make connections. So, you know, the the, um, uh, the the good news is this: is is the the, the seeds for success for value based care. I think are often already there in provider organizations. So, what do pro- what are providers hungry for? They're hungry for collaboration um, with other providers, you know, I, I, I Mm. I have yet to meet a provider that believes they can do everything that a family needs, but if offered the chance to collaborate Mm -hmm. with a mental health provider, um, who can help a family where, where they can't, um, they, they, they eat that up. Now what they want is they want to make sure that if they do that, they can do it in a way that's sustainable. That's not going to result in a ding on their productivity, for example or um Mm -hmm. they're going to want to make sure that they can do it without having to you know uh burn the midnight oil and and do it off hours when which is the only time that they can do it but it but but what's possible is with 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 this um, more integrated you know better care models outcomes can improve and usually costs you know overall costs can go down and everybody wins um but it's a really hard transition if it's not baked into
1: your dna um mm. so it's not just and and i should clarify for the audience value-based care means paying for outcomes as opposed to paying for each hour of that's service right. that's provided um and so what i'm hearing you describe is like hey this is not just about identifying the right outcomes which is hard a hard exercise in and of itself. Mm-hmm. It's not just about having the data. Um, it's not uh, just about having the right relationships with payers. There's an entire organizational mindset shift and um, almost like operating system that comes with that. Is that fair? Yeah, it, it totally takes a, a
0: different mindset shift. And um, w- without without the whole organization embracing it and without support you know, from leadership, um, and the right education and training, um, it's like any other change initiative. It's um, unlikely to give you what you want. And the, the risk, and I, I, think, I, think, I think healthcare providers have a responsibility here. The risk in, uh, especially leaders, the risk in this not getting done well is value-based care, I'm um, getting a bad rap. Um, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I there, there, you know, there, there have been lots of, um, uh, there, there have been lots of examples where, um, value-based care was attempted, and, um, it, you know, with mixed with mixed outcomes, mixed conclusions, and, um, you know, in in looking carefully at those postmortems and seeing, you know, what what can what can be gleaned from reflecting on the organization's experience? Um, often, the gaps are where the organization was still tied to a fee-for-service um, mentality, and mm-hmm. um, and but the truth of it is there's lots of room for improvement for care. You know, we, we should be looking at outcomes. We should be looking at um, at you know at graduation rates. You know, if a kid enters the autism treatments world. Um, ready and needing care, um, ready for and needing care. You know how effective are we at helping them reach their like their highest potential um, endpoints and getting them ready for the next phase in their life. You know whether that's the school system or a less restri- restrictive environment. I mean that that's that that's the ultimate list, litmus test of the effectiveness of of our field. And um, and I, I think that's our that's the responsibility we have and, and what we promise you know parents and families when they come to us for care it's you know um, you needed help and we are here and by being with us you're gonna you know be better off the best way um, the most you could have been um, you know from this but that's um uh but, but that's, that's really hard and that's really different than being process oriented. And um, you know, because mm-hmm. you you can you 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 can do a lot of the right move, you can go through the right motions, and still not get the best mm-hmm. possible outcomes. And mm-hmm. that's where you know value-based care offers some really terrific potential. Is is it it, it creates an, an environment where um, you know either the integration of providers or the extra resources can be brought to bear and um, and, and close those gaps to have more more optimal outcomes.
1: ABA practice owners, are billing and insurance issues getting you down? Well, let me tell you, Element RCM is your answer. Element provides world-class revenue cycle management services, contracting, credentialing, authorizations, billing, and more. Element's your partner, so you can focus on what you love to do, providing the highest quality services to your families and clients. Element's a preferred partner of the Behavioral Health Center of Excellence and its founders have nearly 20 years of experience owning and operating successful ABA organizations. They understand you. They know that every dollar counts, that integrity is everything. Element works with any practice management system. And Element's not a vendor, they're your partner. So find out more and take a free revenue cycle assessment at elementrcm.ai. So powerfully said. Uh, yeah, those are extraordinary insights. But I think it's also important that we realize value-based care is not like, oh, it's one thing or one model. There is actually CMS has uh, the centers for Medicare and, and Medicaid, you know, in DC has a very specific sort of ordered progression of increasing, um, sort of reporting on outcomes mm-hmm. and increase providers being increasingly at risk. That's right for outcomes. That is even getting paid a little bit more. Um, you know, if they achieve or getting paid, uh, you know, getting money taken away if they don't yeah. achieve certain outcomes. So there's that like, these graded series of levels, which what I think is critical is value-based care is not like the end point, it's a starting point that yeah. like anything else in life, relies on continuous improvement yeah. to ensure you're most effectively serving your, your
0: Absolutely. clients. Absolutely, and you know, just to add one more point, um, to build off of that concept of the, the different stages of value-based care, if an organization was wondering how how do I get started, you know, in this, um, you know, what what can I do today? Just, just measure the um, uh, m- measure discharges. Me- measure you know how, how many discharges mm. were um, were the successes, um, meeting the predefined endpoints, um, uh, 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 a smooth transition to the next um, phase of of care. Um, I I think what providers might find is some surprise around how low that number is, but you know, I'm eternally an optimist. And so knowing is the best place you can be at. And so once you know where you're starting from, then you can start to look at, well, what are the reasons that we didn't achieve that? You know, was it a premature discharge because of, um, you know, uh, um, the, the treatment environment was too challenging or there were conflicting mm-hmm. priorities for the family's time. Every one of those um, is an opportunity for um, designing a better process or for an intervention um, or for upskilling, you know, a, a treatment team. And um, uh, and that's all part of the journey of, 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 uh, of continuous improvement.
1: Mm, I love it. And part of our play core values uh, that last one why is the one percent better every day at a i i know we're both firm believers in that well speaking of process um you know something that um uh that that you have helped to spearhead at ascend and element is this idea of a business operating system and um you know there's a lot of business operating systems out there uh, from you know system and soul to eos to i mean you name it um And I think as we many times do, we look at all of that and we try to like glean from the best and we made up our own. Or I should say you really had the vision for this. Um, You know, can you share a little bit about like um, what you learned um, or maybe what a business operating system is for ABA practice owners out there and then sort of what you've learned um, uh, in implementing it and what they should consider when implementing it? Sure, yeah.
0: So uh, a business operating system is... A set of instructions for how a group of integrated systems work together. So it's it's the um, at a high level it, it ties together um, the systems and processes and people in 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 an organization um, all around um, achieving a certain objective. Um, now just to you know bring that down for a moment, um, it includes um, things like uh, weekly rhythms. Um, or actually, stepping back even further, the heartbeat you know of an organization. Um, so, what what's the pulse? Um, what's the pulse look like at the executive team level? Mm. Um, whether that's a, a weekly meeting, a biweekly meeting, a monthly you know ops review, then um, and, and that 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 uh, that applies to every team. You know, what's the how frequently do we meet, and and when we do meet, um, what's the agenda that we cover, and what's the data that we review. Um, it includes mm. things like structure. I mean, what's the org structure? And how do we make sure the org structure is designed to help us achieve our, our objectives? Um, it, it touches on um, scoreboards and metrics. You know, what, what are the metrics that we want to be looking at? Mm. You know, often, uh, like where a business operating system can be useful is there's no shortage of ideas, and there's no shortage of people um, mm. ready to roll up their sleeves and, and lean in. And help. What it helps to do is it helps align everybody so that um, so that so that the wasted time and effort is 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 minimized, and there is the most amount of predictability and routine. And I'd say that what's been um, what what can be really hard is the discipline in in um, sticking with with a business operating system. The concepts are simple um, it's really the discipline. Mm. That's the hardest part. And I don't know about you. I think you're better than me at this, but for me, it's like exercising. Um, you know, I, I love, I love exercising. I love working out and staying fit, but doing that, um, three days per week, like per my plan, that's a little harder. Um, and, and that's Mm. where my, that's, that's where I, I, I fall short, you know, more often than I care to admit. And so, um, you know, so so you know, if I were to it, um, give somebody um, advice on what to do with a business operating system, I'd say you know, it's actually less about picking the right one; it's it's more about uh, making sure that you stick with it with fidelity. And the good news is that um, you know, with with the um, you know, in our field working with BCBAs and others who um, uh, really love organizational uh, development and OB. Um, uh, it's a natural fit, um, and it, 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 I, I, I see mm. it as a common ground where you know clinical and business can can meet and see eye to eye around um, around what to do every day. So,
1: great point. OBM is like that bridge between the clinical, maybe, and and the business side. I like mm-hmm. that. Well, it, you know, there's a, I think there's also an important concept of like uh, shared language, uh, mm-hmm. right? That it gives us, uh, and that's, that's freedom, right? right? A mm-hmm. lot of times, I, I don't. I, I always say this uh, from Brene Brown: "Is clarity is kind." So there's a freedom to that. But you have this great analogy. Actually, I don't know if it's great or not. Yeah. I mean, it is a great analogy. But like, it always like pulls this mental picture to mind of it's just good hygiene. You gotta mm-hmm. have good. It's like going to the dentist and brushing your teeth. It's like you just need the good hygiene. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes that's not really the sexiest of things. I don't know an element like every time before billing goes out, you have a pre-billing like audit and review. And boom, it goes. Mm-hmm. But it's the discipline. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you you said it.
0: You said it at at element. You know, we we say make your bed, brush your teeth. And (laughs) where 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 you know that's so mundane and it's easy to it's easy to you know just not do it just because it's it's easy to not do. But where it's valuable is when the going gets tough, um, when things get stressful. And when things get stressful, having routine, having familiarity to fall back on, um, can be extremely valuable because when things get busy, you know, our line of sight gets shorter and shorter. And before you know it, um, you, you can be in this paradigm of being behind from the moment you wake up in the morning. And that's a really stressful place to mm. be in. I've been there um, before and and it happens when, um, there ends up being so much to attend to that you, you, you you get overwhelmed and you, and you stop being able to um, plan and think ahead. And then your time isn't yours anymore. It's hijacked. And that's, that, that, that can really lead to a downward um, spiral and, you know, work that previously was really reinforcing can, can become punishing. And so, uh, um, and so, yeah, I think I I really like, you know, your comment about um, it's good hygiene and, and it's, And that that's so true. And, um, you know, I would say um, I'm probably uh, two thirds um, uh, a good teacher on the topic and probably like one third of the way I want to be as a practitioner. But, you know, it's uh, um, it's it's we're on the journey and and, uh, we'll get there. Dude, you're
1: not perfect, but you're not done. (laughs) <laughs> to channel kid theory from yeah, I uh, what's um uh let, let's let us let us chat about like uh, I, I think one of the things I really appreciate about you is you are um, just a lifelong learner and you're constantly reading books and uh, and even like delivering books to my door. <laughs> I was like Jonathan, you got to read this. So what are like three of the best books or most like important books you feel like you've read uh, that uh, that you want to you want to share? Oh anything?
0: yeah, yeah. Well, and, and uh, by the way, I, I, I appreciate that we love sharing ideas and learning, and um and I do have a very tall stack of books um uh, from your recommendations, so thank you. Um, gosh, you know uh, I so I have I have some fun ones and some work ones. Um, you know, one that I call fun would be, um, uh, Eleven Rings by Phil Jackson. So. Uh, I I I love I love the competitive aspect of sports. I love a good game, um, but I I I'm wo- uh, like woefully behind on being up on on, on uh, players and teams. But um, recently, I I decided to coach my son's basketball team, and, and I thought, well, what what better way to learn um, than to read the uh, book by one of the best um, coaches so I'm, I'm not sure how relevant it was Ooh. to eight-year-olds but uh, the, the <laughs> takeaway I got from it was what are you willing to do to achieve your dreams and it was basically a story about um, about what um, what what players and, and, and coaches and, and and people involved with, with 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 the sport what they were willing to do to achieve their dreams and I think you know remarkable outcomes um, Happen in remarkable circumstances, and it's and it's you know the, um, the the amount of practice you're willing to do, it's it's most definitely skill, you know, but it's taking skill that's already there and then making it you know from good to great, and so that that's mm. one book. Let's see here, another book is um, the Experience Economy. Uh, so we 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 we, mm. we we've been reading that together. Um, it's by Joe Pine and James Gilmore, and the Experience mm. Economy. It's about um, your customer's time is the most valuable thing. So, how do you design an experience that gets them what they want and keeps them coming back for more? And and I love how they distill the um, distill it to to a science. And and I, I, I love it because you know the mm-hmm. most important thing for us, as as you know, and as we talk about at Ascend and Element, is relationships, and and how to make mm-hmm. how to create an organization that is nurturing relationships with your with your clients, with your stakeholders, and your community um the best way possible it can be designed and taught and done well and um and so that's why i love that book um the last one is uh i'd say there's one there's one that i go goes back a little ways now to last summer called uniquely human and it was recommended Ooh. to me by elizabeth nayland our our um, vp of care integration Ooh. actually um, she's an LCSW and I, I asked her for advice on um, on, on a, a favorite recent book, and it's fascinating. So uh, for someone on the spectrum, uh, the, the author is uh, Barry, Prezant, Prezant, Dr. Barry Presant. Um, hmm. He He has this notion that um, autistic behaviors are part of a range of strategies to cope with a world that feels chaotic and overwhelming um, for. Um, Mm. for someone on the spectrum and when you when you put yourselves in the shoes of of someone on the spectrum and and you see it through that lens their behavior makes sense and so and so for for those around them how can you be aware of that and how can you how can you be sensitive to it and how can you adapt and how can you help them be successful a lot of it was geared toward um uh um, but but I think it's absolutely applicable to, to to kids as well, and you know the one word that captures it is empathy, is empathy. You know what does the mm-hmm. world look like through um, somebody else's um, eyes, and and, and th- that was that was just completely eye opening for me, and and um, and it's written really well, and um, I really recommend it for anybody who wants to understand, um, gain a deeper understanding of, of
1: autism. Um. Oh, powerful man. Uh, those are um, those are fantastic books. I have not read Eleven Rings. I'm gonna have to do it. And I have not read um, that that last book that Elizabeth recommended, I'm on it. Um Well, what, what's I'll send one, it to you. one <laughs> thing every? Well, <laughs> I'll add it to my stack. I've got one about two feet high right now. Um, well, what's one thing every ABA business owner should start doing, and one thing they should stop doing? uh well
0: I, it's obviously hard to speculate you know where all um everyone is at but um one thing you can't go wrong with in starting is um, talking to your teams especially your frontline teams um mm. that's where i think you have the chance to get some of the best learning on how things are going and what do people need. Um, In terms of stop doing, um, I'd say, gosh, and stopping doing something is, I always think about the replacement behavior, so, um, but here's a good one, here's a good one. It's wishful thinking. Um, So uh, I I think back to, um, somebody once said, hope is not a strategy. And you know, if you're in a tough spot um, with your business, whether it's a, a personnel issue, a quality issue, uh, a financial issue, things don't get better on their own. Um, and, and being presented with data that things aren't good, but expecting that they're going to be better next time um, is, yeah. is, is really not um, a, a good strategy because the likelihood that that will happen is, is actually not very high. And, and I, I've seen a lot of heartache um, come from that. And mm. it's really, um, w- w- what's an alternative? It's uh, grabbing, grabbing the situation by the, by the horns, as I like to say, you know, you know, giving it our full attention and just accepting, maybe accepting where things are. And it's starting with acceptance that then you can um, begin to uh, contemplate action. Um, and and you know new thinking Ooh. maybe um, uh, and and that's hard you know because um, because it's when we're stressed that 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 um, we feel most vulnerable and when we're feeling most vulnerable is when we're often least likely to want to um, you know think outside the box you know we, we tend to clo- close up but um, stopping wishful thinking is really what has to happen before you can start um, accepting and moving forward with you know, new ideas to actually have change. I mean, there are a lot of parallels to, to life, so uh, those would be my starts and stops. Right? I, I, that,
1: that, that, that wishful thinking or this um, idea of optimism bias is something I absolutely like struggle with. Uh, Danny Kahneman, in, in fact, the uh, Nobel Prize winner who wrote uh, Thinking Fast and Slow, described this heuristic where you know, we overestimate our mm. ability to shape the future, uh, particularly in the short run. Yeah. And it's something I found and I think as most entrepreneurs, right, who have this vision of creating an organization and fulfilling this need, you have to be this like undying optimist and you have to measure that with the reality of, look, hope is not a strategy. Uh I I love how you described it. Start with self-awareness and that allows you to then like tackle the things that you you can tackle. Well said. Well said. All right. So, Will, throw one question at me. Make me answer on the spot.
0: Oh, um, all right. Let's see here. Um, if you could meet any world leader today, who would it be? Does it have to be a world leader? Uh, very, very broadly speaking. So somebody recognizable.
1: Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, I Jackie Robinson, uh, and here's why I think, yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think Jackie is like one of the um, greatest, not just baseball players, but human beings of all time. I think um, in what he did to integrate Major League Baseball and to like be the first, we have no concept of what struggle is. And especially, I'll just be clear, as like a white man, um, I, I have no concept of that. And we have no concept of what he went through and what he had to endure. And by the way, not just endure, but like to not like hit back, to not push back, to not shout back, requires a level of um, sort of, I don't know, being able to rise above it all, a clarity and confidence in who you are and letting things like, I, I just, I, I don't know. And I want to understand, like, if, if we could each develop that kind of resilience – that Jackie so brilliantly led the way on. Um, it just feels like maybe our world would be a little bit of a better place. That's, That's awesome.
0: my answer. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice work. Thank you.
1: All right, Will. Yeah. a Great question. So wh- where can people find you online, Will?
0: Um, the best is um, LinkedIn or email. Um, I'm sure you can include in the, um, show notes, my email. And um, that's, I, 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 I love to hear from people. And so, um, yeah, they're
1: they're welcome to reach out anytime. Awesome. I know Will's virtual door is always open. That's will at ascendbehavior.com. And we'll put that in the show notes. All right, Will, are you ready for our uh, hot take rapid fire questions? I'm ready. Here goes. You're on your deathbed. What's the one thing you want to be remembered for?
0: Oh, um, the one thing I'd want to be remembered for that I helped make parenting a little easier.
1: What's your most important self-care practice?
0: Um, I wish I could say it was exercising regularly, but it's not. Um, I'd say it's noticing the small things. Um, whether it's taking a walk mm. and being present of the scenery or being with my kids and trying to savor, you know, um, their little hands or their smile, um, that's, that's what I, I try to do every, every chance I, I get and remember,
1: ah, intention and attention. Wasn't it Georgia O'Keefe who, um, you know, instead of taking those – she's a photographer. Instead of taking the huge, sweeping, beautiful, majestic scenery, she would pick, like, a small petal on a flower and then zoom right in. Yeah. And then, like, and blow that up. And that was her thing. I, I don't know. As you described that, Georgia O'Keeffe came to mind. Nice. Uh, what's your favorite <laughs> song ever?
0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, I have a terrible answer for this one because I will – obsess on a song until i'm sick of listening to it and move on um i'm i'm learning piano and right now i'm working on mastering the star wars theme so um that's that that's (laughs) top of mind i can't get that out of my head now but um but i'm getting there i love i exactly i love i love taking popular songs and um Learning the piano versions, and um, mm. but but it is uh, uh, if I if I could channel you know the the piano playing in my head to my actual fingers that that would be amazing. Drake has some pretty awesome piano versions of his his music, so um, that's something that probably is a little more more
1: uh, more popular these days. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, i I've, I've j- just learned uh, many more new things about you. Um, all right, if there's one place in the world you think should be on everyone's bucket list, what is it?
0: Uh, um, one place. Well, the pastry shop that was the best in the country, if not if not the world. Well, oh, okay, we're not going to go there. That's, that's blasphemous uh, <laughs> for France. Was in Denver, but it closed, so it's no longer an option. Um, a good second- option is um oh my gosh going to see giant sequoias um, i went to calaveras big mm. trees in california and there's various places in california um, i've only been to one where you can see giant sequoias but talk about seeing something that's worth fighting for to preserve and that uh, you know um mm. uh, it creates a sense of awe and and smallness in the universe um that's that that was that was a special experience so I would say anywhere you can go see giant sequoias
1: Amen. all right now you can only wear one style of footwear for the rest of your life what would it be
0: oh well that's an easy one I love sneakers um because you're always ready to move in sneakers so
1: um so I, I I like to be prepared I I, I I could I could testify to that. And if you see Will at a conference or a big important meeting, um, he will have his sweatpants and his like sweat uh, over jacket on, and he'll have a, a comfy pair of sneakers. So always the hey, uh, utilitarian. Hey, brother, this was awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Jonathan, this was super fun. Thanks for having me. Um, nice work and high five. Hey, high five to you. Thanks for being my
0: Thanks for listening to Building Better Businesses in ABA podcast. Stay tuned for our next exciting episode. In the meantime, please like, subscribe, share, and comment. We value your feedback. Don't forget to follow us on social media at elementrcm.ai.